0: There we go. Boom. All right. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. Technology is a butthole, I'll tell you. But here we are. My name is Rob from Rob School of Music, and we are with the legendary (laughs) Mr. Bruce Kulick here hanging with us one more time. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Um, This is obviously an incredible dude. It's incredible. You know, I'm I'm like a schoolgirl here. So thank you. Oh, stop it.
1: Uh We are both humbled by technology because all of a sudden the browser I usually use for this platform failed on me. And then I finally figure out a workaround, use my phone, which is iOS. And that's different than the uh, other browser. And then the next thing I know, you can't log in.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) there we go. Technology (laughs) wins.
0: (laughs) Well, let's just hope
1: our people waited for us there, okay? And yeah. My apologies, though. But it, my, it, I was here. It's all. Yeah. It's all the uh, that's why they have all those shows about the machines taking over right, and killing all the humans. <laughs> I, I know I've Seriously. seen too many shows that that's the theme. And I go like, oh, my God, how could they be so evil? Now I, I, know. Now definitely. I know.
0: Yeah, they're evil <laughs> as occurred today. But we are here and we are excited and we're gonna talk all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so my first thing I always like to ask is we are a music school. We uh, you know, used to do a, over a 120 lessons a week in person and we were rocking and then COVID came and we moved everything online. And uh, thankfully, uh, due to a lot of ingenuity, we've done uh, over 3000 lessons in the past six months, which is insane to me. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it keeps me up at night in the best way but one of the most important things that I'm always trying to convey to the students when we could perform, um, a lot of them are younger in their career, maybe not always age-wise, but just beginners. And uh, stage fright is a huge, huge, huge hurdle. Um, You've obviously played on the biggest stages possible. Do you have any tips for overcoming that sort of stuff?
1: Uh, I I mean, I do want everyone to know that um, many, many performers suffer from anxiety about performing in front of people. As, as cocky as some performers seem, um, sometimes that's just, uh, they may be drinking or doing other things to make them seem so cool. And I'm not saying some performers aren't just completely comfortable with that. And they live for that. You know, like the little kid that always wanted everyone's attention. So now that they're getting it, they don't, they don't seem to be nervous about it. I was never that way. I was always nervous in front of a microphone if I had to speak in front of people when I was young in school. And it translated that kind of a shy disposition on stage. But um, I have a funny story that has nothing to do with rock and roll, but it really did help me. Um, A lot of my fans already know that I love listening to music like uh, Frank Sinatra and some of the great American Standard vocalists. Tony Bennett was one that was Paul Stanley was, was a big fan of and a friend of, and during the kiss years, he got to introduce me to Tony Bennett at a, um, at a, at a gig that he did in LA when, when Eric, when, when Paul and I went, Uh, but I read his book. Okay. There was a paperback. This is back when you weren't watching uh, your, you know, movies on the plane so much with your phone or iPad. Um, You could actually, uh, uh want to read a book. Okay. Anyway. So I was reading Tony Bennett's biography and in the book, he mentions talking about stage fright. Now this guy's still alive. God bless him. And what a voice, right? And he's done every gig in the world. And apparently he asked Frank Sinatra because Frank kind of was one of his supporters early on to help him. And he asked Frank, you know, I get really nervous before I go on stage. I don't know the quote exactly, but he basically shared that it's really hard for him. And Frank was like, you know, that shows you care. You should be nervous. And actually the crowd will accept that, be yourself, be with it. You know, the fact that you're really uncomfortable, but you'll see that it will, the crowd will kind of respond to you and you're going to get, you're going to get over it, you know? So this was even before I was so into Frank Sinatra so much, but, and then I met Tony Bennett years later on a plane I got to, you know, reintroduce myself and I told him about the book. He was quite flattered. Any, any, anybody who writes a book, they want to know you read it, you know? Right. And, but it, but it was really anytime I get nervous and that's from the small venue to the giant stage to the interview, it doesn't really matter. Okay. There is a part of anxiety that I'll go through, but I do recognize understanding that Part of it, and if that's coming from, you know, what I consider one of the greatest singers of, of all time, um, you know, the fact that he's aware and he's nervous too, but he he knew that 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 it's normal, you know, and to carry on. So so for the, my first Kiss gig, I talked about it not long ago. My knees were literally shaking before we went on stage. I got uh-huh. through it. I got through twelve years of that and many many more gigs, as we all know. You know, you just you accept it. And that helps you deal with it. And last thing I wanted to mention was some of my hardest gigs, oddly enough, is when I know like this people I really know or another musician that I respect in the crowd, that gets me really nervous. It's kind of <laughs> weird. I don't know why. I guess I know that they're going to know my emotions or they're going to know when I didn't quite hit the note the way I want to hit the note because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, but live, everything is forgiven so much more. You
0: know that. Yes. It's a lot. Just like this interview, it's just organic. It's going to happen. That's right. It is a moment in time. And then there's another moment and another moment and another moment. (laughs) Um, So, you know, along the lines of those performances, um, has anything ever epically gone so wrong? And then how did you uh, overcome that in that moment? Well, I remember um, I like to archive
1: a lot of my Kiss stuff. And I have a good friend, Michael, who helps me with that. And I'll find tapes that that I took the board tape because I wanted to listen to it later in the hotel or the next day traveling. And not that long ago, I discovered a tape. The band sounded pretty cool. I mean, as good as the cassette, the hall, room, whatever the sound guy captured, right? And all of a sudden in the middle, I Still Love You is one of the really great, great, great ballads from Kiss. Very powerful. And I have a very emotional solo that I do and in the middle of the solo i break a string okay? uh. now on a regular guitar regular meaning one with stop bridge okay if you break a string the other string should be relatively in tune okay if you break a string on a floyd rose that doesn't have a block meaning it's a floating thing now it's like ah! <laughs> so every string is nowhere near being in tune and I mean you're playing Chinese okay so I, I hit the note it goes out of tune I realize, oh my god and I just find some other note to find that might you know in other words I had to abandon the solo I didn't stop and obviously I as soon as that section was done I got another guitar from the from the roadie but I remember that was like an epic fail you know what I mean but I still tried to hang on to well, I'll just make this note work, I guess, you know? And and it's not even a note where it should be because of the way the strings are now on the guitar because of the springs on a Floyd Rose and, and the fulcrum. You get what I mean? Yeah. But you always have to kind of be on your toes, you know, and keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. And obviously like like uh, anything live, like what we're doing right now, anything can happen. So, you know, you just have to do your best and think think ahead. Many times, I'm better than my road crew guy about what pedal just failed or what cable might have died. Or sometimes you're playing so loud, or there's some overtone that the speaker cable comes out. Nothing's wrong in front of you, it's behind you. How would you know that? You know what I mean? And also, oh, yeah, oh, you know, let's plug that in, tape it down. So, really, it's really incredible. How many, when you get through a gig and everything's fine, I'm always like so grateful because so many things can go wrong. And that's why I've always told people I've done articles for magazines before about when you go to the studio or when you go to gig, how to be prepared. But it doesn't mean that Murphy's Law is not going to, you know, hit you over the head with a bat, you know, and there you are. Just like me logging in before this interview and all of a sudden the browser changed, updated this, got to get a code, got to do this. There's no time for that, you know? So you got to right. think on your toes. And you, you said to me, use your phone. And I did. So here we yeah. are. Awesome. You got to no, outthink it. And there's always a, another way around a bad situation that just usually is. And you have to be calm enough to put that together.
0: Very well said. You know, it, it it's, I think that's something when you haven't performed much, it's one of the most frightening things of, well, what if this, what if that? And that, right. of course, compounds the anxiety, but- you know, but the pros choice.
1: have the anxiety too. So it doesn't yeah. matter if it's your first gig or your
0: one millionth gig, you, you know, anything can happen up there, you know, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, gear wise, uh, back in the kiss days, you were using the ESP guitars. What kind of amps was it? Marshall? Or- Mostly
1: Marshalls. I mean, I started out with uh, some of the kiss heads that were modified Marshalls. And then while I was in kiss Marshall and good people that I knew there, uh, realized, well, we should, uh, offer some more master volume, uh, you know, gain thing, you know what I mean? And they came up with the 900 series, which I really liked. And um, yeah, those were mostly the amps. And, you know, my guitars were ESPs. On occasion, I played a Gibson or or a uh, BC Rich, but but for the most part, early on, I started with Charvel. That was before my relationship with ESP started because those had the Floyd Rose. They were powerful, kind of, you know, modern, sexy looking and everything. So cool stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I tell you, I think I mentioned the last time we spoke, like I'm born in the early eighties. So like the kiss I knew was your kiss. And when I first started playing guitar, um, a buddy who was super into ESP guitars and I remember Mm -hmm. flipping through the catalog. I'm like, who's this guy? This is cool. This is cool. So that was like my first connecting the dots through the guitar, catalog. Hey, that's the guy in the bed. Oh, you can do that. You know?
1: I mean, I was with them so early 86. Now the company was around before that making quality parts. And then of mm-hmm. course in Japan, they had their own, you know, empire, shall I say, but they were just selling parts in America. So they were kind of small, but by the time I got involved, I remember I, I believe it was the 86 Nam show the the brochure was just a little folding paper, you know, like that. And uh, I was on the cover um like kind of like a cool silhouette asylum photo because i was using their m1 series which is very much that one pickup you know super strat okay and uh they just evolved they they kick ass earlier i was looking on youtube my i have a youtube channel i do want to you know let everybody know uh and i put a lot of that content that i do up there so i just was poking around seeing like hmm, what did this guitar of the month do what did that you know you know, discussion about MTV do you know? So I'm looking at the numbers, and all of a sudden, because it was part of my channel, uh, the ESP thing I did featuring one of their new guitars this year. Actually, it was a great guitar too, because it was very similar to the ones I used when I started playing ESP live with Kiss. And that one had like thirty thousand, you know, views, and I was like, wow. And then I forget, you know, ESP is a really huge company now. Yeah. They're not a company that needs a little brochure like that. Now they're. They're just world world renowned and 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 a very big company. And of course, very different from a Gibson or a Fender. But I still have that relationship with them, which is great. And I, I do want all your musical people out there who play instruments to know that absolutely good gear, quality gear, like like a guy, the plumber coming over with the good tools. You know what I mean? But if he doesn't know what he's doing, it doesn't really matter that he's got the ultimate wrench. To 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 help the pipe that's not working, you got to you got to have your talent. You got to understand what works where, you know, in the right place, and that's how to play the instrument, how to you know find the right amp for the right guitar. It it's so much more of it is about the talent and your ability on the instrument and your ears, and less about the gear. So you're not going to sound like Slash if you own the Slash Les Paul. And there's probably nothing wrong with a slash less ball, I'm just trying to say, Mm -hmm. unless you know how to play uh, the, you know, uh, don't get too hung up on those names, you know,
0: attached. Completely. I mean, when I first started playing guitar, my my dad's a drummer. He's my biggest musical fan. Had my back forever. Um, Within playing guitar for six months, he got me a JCM 900 half stack. Oh, and uh, a, cool. a Gibson Les Paul, and I didn't yeah. touch either one of them for a year because the sounds that were coming out of it, because I was so crappy as a guitarist. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was sticking to my Ibanez, whatever, just because right. I was afraid to. You know, but that's well, very you know, true.
1: Well, as soon as big amps came out, if you weren't good on the guitar and your performance, especially the amps that didn't have the uh, you, you know the the master channel thing to 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 be distorted low, okay, right. or low volume. Oh, my God. I mean, that guitar will just explode in your hands. Everything's going to be magnified tenfold, a hundredfold. So that's what you were experiencing. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I've told many people from lessons I've given, you know, you got to walk before you run. Mm-hmm. So you got to learn how to control it. And then it becomes a beautiful thing. Then that volume and the power of that amp actually Maybe even playing off that, and I know you'll understand what I mean, the feedback loop of the pickups into it becomes now not only your amplifier, it becomes another instrument in the chain. And that's where using pedals, you know, when I've done the rock and roll fantasy camp, you know, you you, you just all of a sudden you meet like six to eight people that are going to be your band. And obviously I'm going to go through and work with them, their strengths, their weaknesses, and make us a cohesive group, right? But as soon as I see these guys come in with these pedal boards and they plug into the amp, I kind of, can, you know, maybe dial in the studio amp that we're rehearsing in. But then they want to use every pedal. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you can put that back in your uh, you know, <laughs> back in the car, you know, take it back to the hotel. You're not playing through any of that. You know, I mean, because it, it, it was like bringing, you know, like a, the massive toolkit when you need one Phillips screwdriver. OK, yeah. it just drives me crazy, you know and and sure enough you know i make it i make it work for them they may not understand why and they may think that like having is the more the more is better you know yeah uh, but it's not to say that some guys can't really make magic with all that you know there's no doubt but unless you you can prove that with a couple of chords or a couple of riffs you know see it
0: you know it's not about the pedals and everything it's about it's about you knowing how to use it all 100 percent agree i tell you when i am um, when i go to a store when you could do that to test yeah. out a guitar, um, I always play it through, you know, like a, a hundred and fifty dollar practice amp. Yeah, just whatever the like. I'm not going to go play the amp I have at home because if it sounds good on this smaller yeah. amp, it's going to work. I've turned a lot of people onto these little guys. I love uh, them. great company. Well, yeah. what's
1: what's really cool? I mean, and Blackstar does make good, powerful amps that are very Marshall-like, which is bad, of course. Why not imitate the best, right? But like, check out like when you. First of all it's got delay okay. so you always want to be a little bit right you can hear that and that could give you a clean sound without all that delay and this is like a 60 amp i think you know and that's kind yep. of cool you know why not you know i think there's a cleaner Hang on, here's the Queen of Sound, you know, for the you know, Stuff like that. So I, I really love it.
0: That's great. It's
1: a, you know, really a beautiful guitar. Uh, McCarty, I've, I've liked these because these are like, kind of like a, well, you know, everyone that knows guitars, McCarty worked for Gibson and then PRS hired because Gibson never really knew how to take care of a lot of the people. Uh, Les Paul would fight with them all the time too. But, and McCarty came up with a humbucker, right? I think he developed part of the, the humbucking thing or mm-hmm. lots of things with technology to make yep. the golden age of Gibson magic. And then Paul Reed Smith being a brilliant guy, he reached out, asked him, and I love these McCartys. And this has that kind of Michigan maple top, you know, like a flame maple that's kind of wide. Always love them. I've recorded quite a bit and and I have, not a lot of PRS's, but quite a few, and it's a completely different animal from a, a ESP. But right. you know, you know, really wonderful guitarist. So you see that that's my sound, that's my hand. You know, right. playing through a little a little thing. But the magical thing about these little guys is that the uh, distortion's natural, and to have delay on a little amp is really right. great. They, they, you know, those little Marshalls are great. The MS twos, they sound great. You stick them on a you crank it up and put a put a pillow near it you know what i mean and that kind of muffles it and makes it more real yeah it doesn't have any delay on it you know and these uh, the big big supporter of those i can't tell you how many lessons i've given like you know don't get a big amp can you you know yeah i really you know yeah this little 60 dollar practice amp's amazing so that's what made me think of it I, i i don't have a
0: endorsement with Blackstar. i'm just mentioning it <laughs> no nah, it's great stuff and it's, yeah. it's beautiful you say prs i've had a relationship with prs since 2006 2007 yep. uh my my number one is uh oh, a McCarty. oh yeah look yeah. at you all right yeah. there you go oh yeah, and you got
1: the the birds of uh they, there's a special name for those uh inlays
0: yeah, yeah. and this this
1: one has the, the rosewood neck too so oh and the rosewood right, right. i had one of those and then i wound up trading you know ironically you showed me that Paul Reed Smith was kind enough to hook me up with a Brazilian, you know, one of those Brazilian neck guys, or I think it was, mm-hmm. Brazil, whatever it was, the Rosewood, you know? Yeah. And I loved it. And, but it was a little heavy. Then Norm had this one in his store. Norm's rare guitar. Yeah, Yeah. Okay? And this is a regular, uh, 2000, not a 10 top. Yeah. Paul but those the- hooked me up with a 10 top. Okay. <laughs> with that, with that beautiful neck. And then I just like, I, I played this in Norm's store and it wasn't price crazy. Cause the, the, the value is really good on those. But I do know models like what you have are more more valuable. And I wound up doing a deal with Norm. I think it was a straight swap. He kind of grumbled a little bit. But I know he's, he got a lot more money than what he was asking, you know, for the one that Paul gave me for this one. And, of course, that was the right thing to do because then, obviously, I'm still – using a Paul Reed Smith. And here we are talking about Paul Reed Smith, you know, but like, That's it's great with grand funk. I'll come out with like one of the killer ESPs that I have a black Viper. Then I'll switch to a, actually I usually play a McCarty for the next song or two. Then I'll switch to back to, you know, an ESP. Then I'm, you know, like an eclipse model. And then I wind up back on a, on a, uh, uh, I'll play a Gibson Les Paul for a few songs, but they have to be chambered because I can't play a nine-pound Les Paul. It's just insane. Yeah, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too fragile. Okay, you heard it, everyone. I'm <laughs> no, I broke a collarbone in '88. No way. Anyway, and then I'll go to a Strat, go back to that Viper, you know, and that's I have so much fun. Oh, those were the days, Rob. When <laughs> all I the t- guitars are with the backline from from my gear, three three rigs. It's so crazy.
0: I tell you, what a year. What a year. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. This one real fast. There's a that's me playing oh, the yeah. same, cool. same same exact McCarty that you had with yeah, the dot, yeah, dot inlays. Uh sadly that great. These are great yeah. guitars. And yeah. but again,
1: you know, it's all about um I remember the last like guitar show I was at. I saw one and I didn't need to buy one, you know, but I told the guy, I said, like, uh, and I remember mentioning it to Lisa, I said, like, this guitar is gonna sell, it's priced right, these are great. And by the time we did the the walk around. Went back to the to the booth, you know, uh, it was sold, you know, of course. And yeah. same thing with the ESPs. If you put an ESP out of the show, good chance I'm going home with it. You know, and it's the right ones, you know. Oh,
0: you know, especially like the the, the 90s, the 80s, yeah. early 90s yeah. ones. Those are like, you can't get your hands on them. And I know. Like, they, they pop up in reverb and they're gone.
1: But the new line, and I've, I've been working with them. I ordered more multi-swirls again because they were so popular. That was the limited edition looking mm-hmm. replica of my uh, nose you know aren't in stores i only offer them because they they they're not interested in making a bigger run and offering it that way which is fine for me my fans are going to know they they're getting it directly from me and i take care of it i put a lot of case candy in it like it's a fender custom shop or something you know awesome you know mini guitar or photo pick pack and you know coa the whole thing but uh i was just blown away when they finally came out with these models and they call it the 1987 talk about it, 80s uh-huh. eh? And, mm-hmm. and they're doing really well with it because when I did the reorder, I was asking my, my the president that I'm very tight with for a long time now, Matt, I go, I say, how's things? And even in the pandemic and everything, people are loving gear. They love to play. They're still supporting the music stuff. And I hope it stays that way, obviously. And that's really exciting to know, you know. Yeah. But more people are at home. Maybe the vacations are less. They're not going out to concerts because they don't exist, really so gear is getting a lot of love god bless it you know maybe we'll get better
0: players on the other side of this nonsense you know. i'll tell you i mean for you know being a music school like i was scared sure. to death because we had to shut down and we've seen this beautiful insurgents insurgents oh, i am not know the right word uh, uh, Re, uh research resurgent. There, resurgent there it is yeah. Yeah. yeah i make that's up one word you. one yeah. word every interview i'll make up a word <laughs> yeah there's my one um I'll do more than you. Don't worry. (laughs) And uh, we see all these people like reaching out, like we Mm -hmm. used to just teach mostly within our community and now I'm teaching people literally global. So it's it's been really, really cool. Music is gonna, we're going to come out of this thing. Very musical. I believe yeah Um,
1: i I mean let's face it i've had to have a major adjustment i mean the majority of my income has always been traveling for gigs you know of course very soon the kiss cruise would have happened and and that's a big gig that i gear up for and everything's postponed not sure when the grand funk gigs are going to restart you know we're kind of hoping maybe next spring um and it's not a band or a circuit that i think we're gonna try to do anything too soon i know certain places you know and I'm not going to get into all ha, my head will explode. If I <laughs> try to describe how hard it is to even wrap your head around something that was so normal, everybody would gig, everybody would play, everybody would have a meet and greet, you know, so everything's upside down. So, uh, I have to admit though, I've had to relearn things, you know, and, and offer, you know, do more things like what I'm doing with you. And uh, I, I teach online, you know, there's a great app called meat meat hook that they're able to book me. There's the cameos, you know, there's, yeah. uh, Various. uh, Obviously, I got a little more aggressive with merchandise on my site and it's given me time to be more in touch with my fans on social media. So I've done much more um, editing of videos. And when I share something now, it's a it's a freaking production. You know, it gets me crazy. Yeah. You notice I look very nice in here. That's because I got a professional light on, you know, another one yeah. over there. I got my little lights behind me. You know, I it mean, was great. I would if, if if this wasn't a pandemic year, I don't know if I would have had even time to figure out any of that. You know, what right. I mean? but I've had a lot of people help You know, show me things and I learned how to edit things. And my wife as well. And she's been busy with her artwork. So it's learning new things and in a way. And here you go. You have an opportunity now to bring your school beyond your, your your that lovely area of new york that you're in and take it to everywhere
0: you know and that's that's the silver lining i guess of a really crazy thing 100% and we got to find the opportunity in the adversity right yeah but you look fantastic the lighting everything you know it, it's so strange every every week i'm i'm i get a new microphone a new light a new thing yeah, new yeah, exactly. that it, and it it makes a difference and it's funny looking back um you know it everyone because we're all learning this on the fly yes. there's very few musicians right. from the you know zero to the top of the top that had to do this by themselves right so i think it's very exciting where you know now newer musicians are like oh well i can go on amazon and order you know a thousand dollars worth of gear yeah. and i got a full production studio i'm in business yeah. it's, it's really exciting
1: learning how to do it is a scene though and i yes. unfortunately it's great to reach out to people that you know, that understand a little more. <laughs> Thankfully a neighbor loaned me because he couldn't use it during the pandemic, some lights and uh, you know, and, and, and they're not your normal. I would never even know they exist. I gotta right. be honest, you know, none. And then of course, um, all right, then what the hell do I do with them? You know what I mean? And the next thing I know I'm speaking to, there's a, there's a really good engineer buddy of mine, Jimmy, who um, he's the one that recorded me for the ACE record. And I knew he was into film and stuff. Cause he did a movie. And then I reached out to him. I said, like, I don't know what I'm doing, really. Can you help? And he just sent me a huge PDF file, you know, Hollywood lighting or something. So I started to, to take a look at that. And I've been able to adapt a few things that I learned from that. And here I am doing better production. I realized I needed a better camera. So I got the uh, actually now I have iPhone MV because the iPhone 12 is coming out, you know, but I have the 11 Pro, which has that really great camera and everything. Hence, I think why we're I'm looking good here with with you okay. um you know and it's stereo recording which is nice when i do a couple of those things that i share where the amp is there and my backing tracks here and you can kind of hear it in stereo
0: so uh we have to just learn yeah uh yeah it's funny you bring up the ace record that was one of the things i wanted to discuss so mm-hmm. um how did that come to be I, I i've been seeing he's been saying such beautiful things about you which is yeah i really I mean, cool I have to
1: admit I always knew that Ace liked me, okay, and would say uh, kind things about me. Not that I think he commented too much on Kiss and everything, you know. H- his relationship um, with them is very different than it would be for me. You know, You know, I'm just, I I, I was just one of those lucky guys who uh, stepped in. and And what I think he's reflected on, which has been wonderful, of course, is the fact that I was able to take signature riffs of his, but then make it my own. So I think he... He appreciated that. Now, clearly, Gene and Paul do want Tommy to be the spaceman, which means to play more like Ace. And Tommy always knew that stuff better than me. So uh, it was part of his job description, if you get what I mean. And yeah. I don't fault him for it. I think he does it great. And I'm good friends with Tommy. Um, but what happened with the record was he's been with a label that I'm very good friends with, actually, one of the label guys, because the guy, this guy Ken Gulick, helped me with uh, BK3 you know, my solo record that came out 10 years ago. So um, I knew about Origins and actually Ace and I worked together, although I didn't, I didn't, uh, it, it was an ESP record called Eric Singer Project, okay, where we had the, the guy who was involved with that label, Keith says, uh, I, I know I can get Ace on this, let's get him. You know, and Ace actually played on Foxy Lady, ironically enough. And I helped comp his solo and put it together. Um, You know, he just came in, did a great job, and then we kind of put it together and that was the end of it. But that was an independent label thing. wasn't as big as what he's been doing with e- E1, okay? But Ken works at that label. Origins 1 had Paul Stanley, which was really cool for them. And I was kind of a little like, uh, hey, what about me? You know, I mean, I knew that Ace a- a says good things about me. So it was, I remember it, it went around in circles where I know I told Ken I, I would do it, let Ace know. Ace heard that I was interested in doing it, and why not? And and I just knew it was going to be a real treat for the fans, you know. And uh, I didn't expect necessarily uh, the press would be, of course, also not only about you know that it, it actually. I and some people like Origins Two better than one, and the label certainly knows how to promote it. So you're going to see it in every variation, every color of vinyl in the in the history of vinyl, you know what I mean. Uh, but I'm just really happy to be a part of it, and. Um, No, I didn't see him. He said about coming to Vegas. He thought I lived in LA and he was spending more time doing things in LA. So I said, well, I can get it done for you. And I knew other artists that were appearing that was just doing it in their studios. So it didn't have to be done. And it's ironic at the time I was using this guy, Jimmy, a lot for any sessions that I was, you know, brought in to, to to do, because I wasn't set up in my home to record big amps and everything. Uh, And Jimmy, I didn't realize what a big Kiss fan he was. So it was a real honor for him to get involved of course but literally that was like done a year before I think he was supposed to put it out in the fall of last year then they waited for spring and we all know what happened in the spring right. so hence it came out this fall in a sense so you know I did it over a year and a half ago which is uh-huh. like really crazy yeah and um, but it doesn't really matter you know uh, that way but um, it's just kind of cool and once again it was a Hendrix song which is great and then in the end, uh, um, he's getting a lot of press anyway. People wanted to talk to him. And now, of course, he's been saying kind things about me. And, and the world of Ace, I mean, when it, when it comes to an interview with Ace Fraley, oh, my God, you know I mean? You don't know what's going to happen, you know? It's and a I trip. When something like, you know he should know, he'll forget the word. You know, I, Eddie's trunk is great with him. And we did an interview on the cruise. We were together on the Kiss Cruise 8, and it was really a lot of fun. And I remember Keith, the guy who works for Kiss, that I mentioned who did that album years ago, actually, for ESP. He was the one that that helped us with the interview and, and Ace's guy, Pat. And I remember there'd be times that Ace would be like, and um, and when, you know, he would be referencing maybe Jimi Hendrix or or wanting to say Eric Singer, but couldn't get it out of, you know. It was great. I had such fun with it. And because it, there's only one Ace Frehley, what can I say? You know, and uh, I see him now as like the Godfather. You know, what I mean, I've seen him at his meet and greets. He sits there at the table. He's got the big suit on, rock and roll suit, uh-huh. not the Gene Simmons business suit. You know, and and, <laughs> and everybody loves him. And he's like, eh, you know, and then he's signing, and his autographs are big. You know, he's just a trip. You know, and and what what can I say? I mean, I think it's a really cool thing that I I got to be on the track and to have the um, you know, me represented. And and of course, you know, his fans are really rabid about him. And, and many of them, of course, are supporters of the non-makeup, but the ones that aren't, they they got some exposure with me and uh, other great players on the record, you know, from, you know, John five to Robin, uh, what's his name from cheap trick? Xander. Xander Xander. Yeah. Yeah. These are all people that I know Ken knows very well too, the label guy. So it was very easy and it,
0: it it's really all good. It was all for rock and roll. Yeah. I tell you. Well, first of all, back to things going wrong. My webcam froze in the middle of I your story. That. There, yep. But I quickly went to the uh, yeah, not the fancy camera. Now I'm on the crappy yeah. camera. But we got to pivot, kids. Yep. Um, you know, just as as a fan of. Kiss through all the things like I like 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 I said like I came on to the band with your era of Kiss. So then when they put the makeup back on, I was like, "Oh, there's this other thing. Oh, that's them too." So now seeing these instances where like on the on the Kiss cruise, we're like, "You're up there with Tommy and Ace," and it's like, "Oh my God, everything is happening at once." That's as a fan, yeah. so incredibly cool. Sure. At, at, um, and there's so much footage of that on YouTube. I was totally yeah. binging on it this morning. Right. Uh, yeah. No, the
1: Kiss cruises have really. Become very exciting. And uh I, I did want everybody to know. I actually they're planning on doing something uh at the end of the month, like when the cruise would have happened, and I'm part of a QA. I just was telling my wife Lisa about it. Um, you know, just keep everybody engaged because it really is. The KISS fans are a, a fantastic community. It's very hard to explain. I mean, I've been to Beatle conventions and you know, I, I know what it is to be a fan of an artist. But the Kiss fans are really special. They're very rabid about it, and then they really become—they—they—they—they they, they, they create like 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 a big you know, fan networking thing. You know that's that's been, I, and I I've been friends. You know as much as yeah I got a, I, I'm the guy that was in the band, but I'm friends with quite a few of them. You know what I mean? And and it's fascinating to see their love and passion. And I learned from them too, though, because I understand what they think is really cool. And sometimes I get ideas about like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess I should. I could always make that kind of a T-shirt. That would be fun. I think people would like that, you know, so it, it's a good relationship, but certainly those cruises are amazing and the KISS fans are thriving in the pandemic with online auctions and they, 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 they just go wild everywhere. And that's why I have a, it's, it's, it's a lot for me to sometimes I know whatever I got to prep for them. I want it to be like a home run, you know, and really share, you know something special with them so i'm going much deeper with the uh, just like those cruise gigs i went deeper with the uh, catalog and and on my videos now during covid i'm i'm going bigger with the stories and and trying to
0: unearth everything that i can share i think it's incredible i think it's so generous that you put that out there um because we just want to learn like you know the the situation that you've been in and the music you've been a part of it's so special to so many people so to be able to have such access where you're you Mm -hmm. know you're pulling stuff out of your closet and doing the songs with your wife and then doing the songs you did the tune with uh chris jericho and then all the other like remote cover things you've been doing that's really really special so i mean besides
1: new things but and thank you rob but i i i do like celebrating you know my career and I, I lately I just kicked myself. The, the, the things that I'm like always surprised about is how I don't think I really understood after they went back in makeup and really exploded again, you know, with stadium shows and stuff. That my era, there would always be a love and a a. And a here's your word again: the resurgence of you know um, those albums and their experiences. And now as the time calendar goes by, right, there's the anniversaries of late last year was animalized, you know, and then becomes, you know, asylum. And then eventually uh, I like the the big number, you know, the 30s and the 25s and the 35s and the 40s. But these anniversaries just keep revolving and evolving. and, And now I'm understanding much more and I'm trying to archive it so I do have better things to share in a better way. Uh, and and it, it's 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 actually as much as it's work for me. It, it is um, fascinating as well. And I forget. And I love when I see. I never saw that photo before. Oh my God! I wore that that day. And I I oh I forgot about that guitar. You know it, those kind of
0: things. So it's been really, really uh, a fun thing for me as well. Awesome. You know it's it's something that I try and encourage uh, every person that I work with here through the school is document everything. Um, I just had an an instance a couple weeks ago, I did a a reunion of my high school band. We were a high school band. We were nothing significant by any means, but to me, that was the catalyst that led me to a career in music. I wouldn't have toured had I not played with those guys in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have my PRS relationship. I wouldn't have the school, so that was the seed. Um, And in that process, we were digging through all the tapes and the pictures and things on such a smaller scale and people now who are starting to play, you know, in their pocket, they carry oh, yeah. a device to document yes. everything. Yep. And I think people love to see the process. So yep. you showing this stuff along the way, that's beautiful. People now in real time can be, you know, throwing stuff on on Instagram and TikTok and of whatever course. the newest thing will be. Yep. No, um, and I, I do um I, I, I know that we were at a disadvantage.
1: Like I'm very fortunate. Like I went to the BC Rich Factory in eighty three, even pre-KISS. I had some of their guitars and I remember taking pictures, you know, and the guy who there's a guy putting out this guy, Matt in Louisiana, is going to put out this mother of all books on BC rich. Oh my God. You know, and of course I wanted to contribute to that. Um, And he reached out to Joe Perry and and, uh, the guy from Aerosmith, you know, uh, really. uh, And it's amazing um, that I was lucky that I did carry a camera, but now what they can do is ridiculous. Of course, we all know this. And the reason the other reason why I wanted to kind of show the big circle of that, though, is so those same young fans. OK, who they grew up with technology in their pocket, basically a computer in their pocket, um, they get turned on to a big kiss show because kiss is still relevant and still out there. OK, doing an amazing job with these huge productions and everything. And then they're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. They didn't wear makeup, you know, yeah. wear on that same crazy device that they'll take a picture of their breakfast and their, you know, whatever they're gonna do, their crazy TikTok, silly video. Now they can go look in the palm of their hand at um uh, my ear and go watch right. Unplugged and go see some video of my first gigs or or listen to it or visit my site or, you know, so yeah. it 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 the the technology thing is works in all those ways. And obviously um people are getting to know that music shouldn't be for free, but we all enjoy streaming in different ways. But great thing about Kiss fans is they love physical product too. Yeah. They like to hold something, you know, and and there they, they, there's a there is a renaissance of vinyl. That's why I know that I'll be releasing more things related to things I've done on vinyl late Good. November by the way or maybe even a little sooner. There's going to be an Eric Carr rockology picture. this that's going to come out. Also awesome. uh, involved with getting put together and I am my uh, I, th- I think the guy that I that just did that doesn't know yet, but I'll tell you guys, I'd love to do a picture disc of BK3 because I love that record, and I'd love to eventually do vinyl for both of my other solo records that never came out in vinyl Audio Dog and Transformer. And even if they're limited runs, you know, I just think fans love that stuff, and I, I'm proud of
0: the music, you know, so why not? Yeah, 100%. Do they get the Union <laughs> records on vinyl too? Just ah, go all the way, uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. okay? Union records, yes, unfortunately, still connected to the label so those kind of things make my head explode oh sorry so i turn it on to a guy who works with labels and he's talking to them and we'll figure that out i would love that and that guy knows that the label knows it you get the point i love the things that i can control that i own i created i don't have to be calling up other people To make it happen, okay, but that doesn't negate my desire to see it a reality. So I'm with you, and I knew you'd go there. But I need to put that (laughs) caveat out there to everybody. I'm working on it, but there's only so much I could do. When you know, uh, and and let me tie this into something important. Now that you know, I've been celebrating all my years, and the fans celebrated with me. They love it. They can't. But you know, I love hearing like, oh, that that Hot in the Shade concert, you know, that that gig or that that tour that started, and when you came here and Donington, I shared the mug that I had from 88, okay, you know, online. And it blew up, both of my wife's uh, social media and mine, because uh, it was her idea. So, But I still piggyback it and share it. And I asked, so how many of you remember the gig? And all of these people from England that went there or Europe that went, they all remember. And it's amazing to relive that. But, you know, there are many products from Kiss. Where's MTV Unplugged video? Go buy it you'll buy a bootleg somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's nothing official out there. Where's, you know, you try to look for, where's the Crazy Nights video? Why Why? Why isn't it, you know, just, and I could be wrong about that, but I know when I do my research, I look around and I go like, huh, where's the video? You know, uh, I I know I'm unplugged. You can't buy it. It's out, you know, so I'm very, very, even a big, big band like Kiss, the fact that they made record deals and different side deals and each product is done differently. Potentially not the albums, you know, the catalog is always going to be available. It has right. to, be, you know, right. cause you're always going to, you make that deal and you make it work. But so many of the other things that I, I, that I would love, like the animalized live and that, that, that had an anniversary unplugged that had an anniversary. I'm like, what the hell? But I also know the music business is very complicated. So just because You did that and it was a hit and Viacom loves it. That was like one of the MTV companies or something. Yeah. Why wouldn't someone get that? The Kiss fans would eat that up. Yeah.
0: I tell you, um, I I think I'd mentioned that my son, I took him, his first concert ever was a Kiss show a couple of years ago and he just fell in love a hundred percent. Tears are falling. is his favorite song of all time. Uh, I have, they put out these uh, VHS like, Anthologies yes. or DVD anthologies. I'm yeah, sorry, DVDs, yeah. and and that one had the Kiss unplugged in it. Yeah. but they're long out of print on Amazon. Yep. They're crazy exactly. expensive. Yes, um, and I feel no, very I, lucky. I, and
1: actually, that guy Ken Gulick that I mentioned earlier, involved with Ace, he's the one that that uh, the label. I think he was at Universal or something like that then, and he was the one that was in charge of getting Kissology one, two, and three. And I I boldly have the uh, the gold records up here. Let me see. Can you, can you see a gold records over there? See the big kiss? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so, so, you know, I don't know, but that, that, I, I want to complain about union. They can't even put out their own stuff that they could make (laughs) fans happy and everybody gets some money, but I know that they, they do put out things, but whenever you see those products come out that are official, it was easy okay if 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 it was easy (laughs) easy, it happens and i think when there's too many uh weird contracts which you don't even know why they happen it 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 it, it, it go now it doesn't mean that people won't bootleg it or watch it on youtube or someone's gonna post it and you know it's there it's, it's nice
0: to own it absolutely all right, my friend, I'm going to do my my closing thing now because I actually have to teach a guitar lesson at seven o'clock. So I have to wind down this conversation. OK, Um. so this is my new ending. I do rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you this I'll or that short. OK, yeah. It's just I mean, no. you can dive in if you, if you want to defend. No, your I mean, that. I've been
1: diving into so many other things. I'll, I'll I love it. I
0: love it. That is I'd rather favorite. have more questions. OK, but. I love stories like this. I like you could tell one story for an hour and I'd sit there and go more, please. So oh, it's I, all good. I don't <laughs>
1: shut up. I know evening with Bruce Kulick. Here we are. You know? I love it. It's all
0: good. I love it. My so wife, it
1: can hear me from downstairs. So she's <laughs> giggling right now. I know it while she's blinging her art. She's like laughing at me.
0: <laughs> I know it. So it's music related stuff. Nothing crazy, heavy, uh, political or anything funky, just gear sort of stuff. So humbucker or a single coil. Got to go with the humbucker. Okay. Fender or Gibson?
1: I got to go with Gibson only because I, I I own more of them, but there's no way I'm, I'm going to not say that I love fenders and I own some really cool, but mostly custom shop fenders, not gotcha. originals where I have quite a
0: few vintage Gibson instruments. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, reg- let's see. So then uh, uh, this one is kind of answered in that question, but Les Paul or Strat?
1: uh les paul right okay although you know to to do the magic during those floyd rose kiss years when that was important i had to have what i like to refer to as a super strat like what Eddie van halen created mm-hmm. so i gotta say if you're gonna say those are all own guitar i'm gonna say okay my old les paul but can i take the banana esp m12 <laughs> you know what i mean because then i got everything covered the yep. Les paul's got all the the two pickups, the bell tone, the woman tone, the, the, the Clapton, you know, bite. And the, and I use it a lot on a lot of kiss things. And then the banana is just going to go, you know, dive bomb away and crazy nights. And here we go. And I'm happy on my Island. (laughs) And I could never do that unless Paul and just to tie that in on a funny way to Tommy Thayer we've talked about like, you know, they'll do crazy nights. And he's like, he's not going to play a guitar with a Floyd Rose. He's just right. not going to, it's like, doesn't fit the character of the spaceman, you know? So he's like, he's got to do what he can, you
0: know? And I'm like giggling about it, but anyway. That was one of the encores at the last time I saw him in uh, Philly mm-hmm. uh, back in February. And I was excited because I'd never heard that song yeah, live, yeah. but I was like, wait a second. This can't be done. And I'm like waiting to see how he's going to do it. And Yeah. And yeah.
1: even I, I've done gigs where I didn't have the Floyd guitar and I had to kind of imitate it. it. It's its not easy. It's not, well, you know, having your arm dropping is the method, okay? Right. I've taught it
0: many times online. <laughs> All right. So acoustic guitars, Martin or Taylor? Martin. Okay. Uh, Ambul- and actually,
1: I should answer that, that I love a lot of Gibsons, okay? Okay. Fair and enough. I, and, and, you know, Paul used to have some fantastic guilds tailors are excellent i've never warmed up to them okay to be honest and that's why uh and my martins will fight you but the tone out of
0: those things but every guitar is different anyway okay yep yep okay some effect related questions delay or reverb
1: i have to have both sometimes but i'm more a uh delay guy but not a big delay
0: okay okay yep. fuzz or overdrive like a fuzz face or like a tube no, streamer? no fuzz overdrive okay, good now cool, the reason
1: why fuzz worked back in the hendrix days and made it famous even though it's a gimmick pedal and you can get some great effects out of it those amps didn't distort as much so right. we added that in and in fact mark farner who of course i'm doing his signature riffs with on these 20 years with grand funk he used to use like a fuzz pedal because he liked a clean sound okay right. so to me overdrive just you step on that now that Crunchy rhythm that you had now takes off to the next level, and the B channel on a nine hundred series. All you need is an SD one, and and you're good to go.
0: Okay, boom, awesome, right answer. Uh Phaser or chorus?
1: I love phasers, but I gotta say chorus. And, and I'm on key I have too many of them. Okay, okay. Though so I have some amazing phasers in the house too, vintage ones, you yeah.
0: know. I tell you, Phaser is like my my addiction. I have more phaser pedals than I can count. I'm looking oh, over at the shelf. Gonna, gonna have to, we'll have to play
1: Phaser Challenge. Okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let, we'll do two more. So Beatles or the Stones. Beatles. No uh, no no comparison for me. Okay.
1: Now, doesn't mean I don't love the Stones and they wouldn't rock and roll wouldn't be sleazy without the Stones. And they were the bad boys of rock and roll and all that, but man. The Beatles were way ahead of the game and I saw the stones follow them. Her Majesty's mad, you know, you know, that record, you know, the satanic, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I yeah. no. I love that record. It's actually kind of panned a lot, but it's just the point that the Beatles, whether or not they knew it or not, but they changed the world. Okay. Yeah. They just changed the world. And, and kiss wouldn't exist with four guys, with four identifiable, just like, the Ringo, John, Paul, and George, and Paul Stanley's name's Paul more because of a Paul McCartney, and you get what I mean. And yep. Gene certainly is not going to be Chaim, you know. <laughs> you know Vitz, and 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 anyway,
0: and Ace. Good thing he had Ace because his real name's Paul. You get the idea. Well, my son had his bris. We had to give him his Hebrew name, and I gave him that name, and I had to explain to everyone why I was choosing that name. No one really. Put it together but i was very proud it's actually <laughs>
1: mine mine as well
0: actually there Although we go so even cooler.
1: Part related to my great-grandmother you know that's what you do but uh anyway people he's a much more famous one
0: of the tribe okay oh that makes it even cooler he, so he, i'm he happy about that, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep all right, my friend. That those are my questions. That's my thing. Thank you so much for this. Sorry for the technical hiccups. Hey, I'm glad we both had
1: them. Okay, yeah. So I don't feel so bad. But no. but uh, hopefully, I think we packed in a lot of a lot of groovy stuff for everybody. Hundred percent. And this lives on the internet
0: now on the on the YouTube thing, right? Yep. I'll send you the link when it gets all okay. processed, and then you can do right. whatever you like. But okay. thank you so much. Stay safe. You're welcome. Um, okay. I look forward to an opportunity yep. where. All right, well, thanks we'll again. See you. All, right, all right, brother. Be well. Be well. Bye. Bye. Bye.